and welcome to Rehydrate, a podcast about the three-body problem and its sequels. This is a podcast in which we have four hosts with four different levels of familiarity with the series, and that creates very interesting clashing perspectives. I'm Jim. I've only read the first book. Hi, I'm Dan. I've read the entire series multiple times. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm I've only read up to the chapters we're covering today. Hi, this is Amin. I have also only read up to the chapters that we read today, but I am also co-hosting the Rehydrate spoiler cast with Dan, so I have also been spoiled. Yeah, so speaking of the spoiler cast, we have a new show that's on the same feed. Uh, We tried to make it very obvious that it contains spoilers by using different cover art and uh, having the title spoiler cast in it, but... If you are familiar with the entire series and want a little bit more broader perspective on the context of what we're talking about in these shows, or don't care about spoilers, feel free to listen to those episodes as well uh, and submit any feedback that you have, because we'd be interested to hear other people's perspectives, uh, especially around the entire series. Uh, Another piece of uh, feedback that we had from last show was uh, Jim had asked about uh, one of the phrasing that Yeowenjie had had when she was on the radar peak. And the phrase specifically was that other than that the undiscovered country beyond death from which no one has ever returned, the place she wanted to be the most was this peak separated from the rest of the world. So we didn't know if it was a translation weirdness because did, did Chinese people even believe in undiscovered heaven, you know, kind of a, a more Christian view of undiscovered country uh, beyond death. And we had guessed that it was more of just writing style. So I looked at the translation uh, and had my Chinese source look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd said that, yeah, basically the translation pretty much matches up. Basically, she'd said that besides exploring the another world, that there is another world after death. She wants to be at the isolated summit. And so she had also said that they don't believe in like a Christian heaven, but there is a pretty common widespread belief that there's an afterlife where you meet up with your relatives. And that's probably what he was referring to. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be interesting if there was some kind of detailed uh, description of that, like they have in other mythologies and religions. And there probably is, I bet, but... Oh, that's yeah. good to know that there is like the the afterlife, general afterlife belief, even if it's not grounded in any particular religion. Yeah, not not in any like Christian religion or the religion that we consider to be, you know, more mainstream here. But I think it's just more of a common belief there. And, you know, you see that in other other ceremonies that they have, you know, where it's mostly around reconnecting with relatives who, who have since died. On the rehydrate website at rehydrate.space.space. We have all of our podcasts up there, but now we also have transcripts for every episode. So if you are not into listening to us and just want to read about this, you can do that as well. So that's all at rehydrate.space. So for the summary of this episode, we're going to be talking about the three-body problem chapters five and six. So after the meeting in Beijing, Wang Miao goes to visit a disheveled Ding Yi at his apartment. Ding Yi tells Wang that he should not get involved with the police or military, and that the frontiers of science have nothing to do with the death of the scientists. Ding runs a simple experiment with Wang. Pocket a pool ball on a pool table that they move to different parts of the room. When the experiment predictably succeeds, he says that large-scale particle accelerators that he and his colleagues work on are similar to a pool table. However, when they ran their experiments, particles would collide and react in unpredictable ways. 
When Wang asks what this means, Ding responds, it means that the laws of physics are not invariant across time and space. The same sentiment that was in Yang Dang's suicide note. Later, Wang Miao, an amateur photographer, is out taking pictures, but when he develops them, he notices strange numbers across the photographs, starting with 1200,00,00. He proceeds to frantically develop more and more pictures using different film and even different cameras, all with the same numbers appearing but counting down. For some reason, only the pictures that he personally takes yield the photographs with the countdown. Wang decides to contact Shen Yufei, a member of the Frontiers of Science, to see if she has any idea what might be happening. Upon arriving at Shen Yufei's house, she doesn't offer any advice as to why the countdown is appearing, but rather cryptically tells him that he needs to stop his research into nanomaterial. Later, back at his home, Wang finds that the countdown has returned not only on the photographs, but directly in his vision. No matter where he looks, the countdown follows him. After consulting a doctor and finding nothing wrong with his eyes, he returns to work and is presented with an opportunity to shut down his nanomaterial research project for maintenance for a few days. As soon as the experiment is shut down, the countdown stops. Wang again contacts Shen Yufei, who tells him that it's simply not a trick and that in three days he should look to the sky and you will see the universe flicker for him. From my perspective, I mean, mysteries are still piling up here. Um, I guess my first question is... Uh, why he decided to contact uh, Shen Yufei and like what background he has with the frontiers of science. It seemed like she was just a person that he knew that was in the group. I think he had said earlier that frontiers of science are good at weird science mysteries, but I, maybe I should contact and ask them, right? And so he knew of her, so he, he contacted her. Right. And he goes there, finds her in some weird, weird VR getup, a- acting like she knows what's going on, but uh, giving him cryptic answers. These people so far, the frontiers of science, they, they just seem like to me so far. Yeah, especially when he asked her, why do I need to shut down my project? She's like, you just need to. But why? You need, you need to. <laughs> like, what? The frontiers of science, you know, I think I had mentioned in the previous podcast how they just seem to be kind of like these, I could imagine them as being like these kind of pseudo analogous to like the Elon Musks of today or the sort of have entirely too high opinion of themselves kind of head type people and this one guy that he encounters after leaving Shin Yufei's place out this uh, Pan Han and this guy just sounds like Pol Pot <laughs> he believed in the gradual de-urbanization of modern metropolises by redistributing distributing the population more evenly in self-sufficient small towns and villages relying on the gentler technologies he would be build a new ag- agricultural society isn't that exactly what the Khmer Rouge did and they tried. <laughs> yeah. But he seemed to be more against technology than... That was the impression I got from him, is that he's like kind of against technology or kind of the expansion of technology taking over society. Yeah, it's exactly what the root... Well, at least the de-urbanization part of it that was corrupting somehow. But yeah, it's just deepening my impression of this frontiers of science as these... They're all like potential Bond villains to me at this point. They just seem weird and non-forthcoming they definitely know more about what they're talking about but she's so cryptic about the information and so removed from reality even right he keeps asking her like why do i need to stop my research And he's like because you have to like why do i need to do it because you have to i feel like that's a common trope in a lot of euro movies where they meet somebody who could help them but this teacher wants them to figure it out themselves an example would be something like mr miyagi and karate kid or In Matrix, kind of the same thing happened where the hero is supposed to be lost and kind of discover some things for themselves. So I feel like this was supposed to be 
that type of driver, but again, not as well written as some of the other ones. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure that it's like it's that same kind of uh, thing. It seemed more of like she just didn't want to tell him. Like it's not something that was important for him to know. Not that he needs to discover it for himself, but that's just like you should just listen to me and shut down your experiment. And then, like, when he kind of pushes back and says, well, I'll do it for a little while, but I'm not going to do it forever. And she said, all right, well, I'll give you a bigger display of why you need to shut it down. But not telling you why, just that I know about this gigantic power that will force you to shut it down. I read it as she was just indifferent to the whole thing. It was more a recommendation, but she didn't care one way or another. I mean, are we supposed to assume at this point that she obviously has some insight or knows why this countdown, this numbers thing is happening to him? I mean, she definitely implies it, right, by saying, yeah. once you shut your experiment down, and then immediately it stops, right? So I think you're supposed yeah. to think think that. What do you guys think of the despair that Ding had about the particle accelerators? Not coming up with the same results run at different times. That was the whole point of his dramatic pool table moving thing, right? Where he moved a pool table, and then they shot the ball into the corner pocket, and then they did that several times. And that was all to set up this, hey, guess what? We tried this same exact thing with particle accelerators and it didn't work. Right. That's just one of the mysteries they're setting up. This is the same thing that they're discovering that there is, again, physics is not invariant across time. And this is apparently extremely, extremely disturbing. I, I don't know that I buy that. Like, it seems like a pretty far leap to go from like, Physics is weird, so I'm going to commit suicide. Like, I guess I'm that <laughs> invested in, in physics, you know? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it is it is strange, but, like, I would think that it would cause, like, more intrigue. Like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like, I can write a paper about this. I can, you know, you know, right. yeah. I, I could form a it, new theory, not, like, my life is over as I know it, and I need to, I need to kill myself. Yeah, it's that, like, that well, is exactly what I thought, right? Because, like, when Newtonian physics was unraveled, right, it wasn't just like, all right, it's all over, guys. Let's all go home, you know, or mass times acceleration doesn't even equal force in all situations. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. There's new (laughs) avenues to obviously discover, you know, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, that that, that said, like the foretelling of doom by the countdown in front of people's eyes would be pretty concerning, right? I mean, I don't know if you overreacted because I would probably be also freaked out if that happened. I mean, definitely would be also freaked out if that happened. But I don't know if it would drive me to suicide. <laughs> but it's yeah. Uh, like well, if, maybe... if if similar things happened to the other scientists, right? It wasn't just the physics weirdness. It was, but it was also you know other things that drove him to madness. Basically, I think oh, that's okay. What, yeah, like, I, 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 I did. I did not make that connection that something. They they all see the some, countdown some, or something, or the you know, or something like equally torturous was happening to these people to cause them to not just the revelation that oh, there's a lot more to physics than we know. Or it doesn't exist, but that you know, it's, it was manifesting in some way that drove him to suicide. Because yeah, I can imagine Wang seeing a countdown for even if you close your eyes, I would imagine that would be like pure torture. Yeah, because it's probably not a countdown to something good, right? Like, even if it isn't, that it would just you know this, this ever-present thing in your vision would just give you no peace or rest, or it would just you know pretty much. Yeah, yeah mean, the countdown started it, at, it, at twelve hundred, right? So I guess. I know I didn't spoil this part for me, and, and Tim, you, you don't know about it. So I guess, like, do you guys have theories of what the countdown actually means? Uh, not really, no. Do you have any thoughts of how the countdown is actually happening? Oh, you mean the actual, like, yeah, like how physics is it, how, or whatever of, like, like how it, yeah. it, first, it first is, like, manifesting itself on film that only he takes? Yeah. You know, that is only done, and then in his vision itself? Mm-hmm. Like, no. 
I have no idea. It's just a, right now. It's just a weird, almost horror movie thing. You know, yeah. Supernatural thing at this point, unless it's something is like. Yeah, they definitely play it as yeah more. That, that's kind of how I read it too. Is like more of like a horror movie, like all, all this weird stuff is happening, right? And like he's going crazy because of it, right? He's like pulling in his his wife, and like he, when he, and he tells his wife to take pictures, and, he start, and his wife starts picking up her son. He's like, no, no, don't do that. That's too weird. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, unless it's something that's purely psychological going on with him, like something in his head, he can't, like, I'm forgetting now, did he show a picture that he took that has the numbers on it to somebody else, and did they confirm they saw numbers? I forget. He showed the film to uh, Shen Yufei, right? I, I think. I remember he brought the film. I don't remember he showed it to her, but maybe she wasn't interested in looking at it. Yeah. I, th- I think they left that intentionally vague so that I guess my Occam's razor would be that it's something purely psychological with him and that his eyes are not projecting numbers onto Phil. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was interesting that I thought about when I was reading it was one of the instructions he was given just to go to some website. When Shen Yufei said she's going to show him the universe flickering for him, that he should go to this website and print it out and then go look for the universe flickering and so i actually went to that website and looked up what it was and it's just a morse code kind of translation table but i was like well how does morse code even work in chinese because like they're you know originally speaking chinese and i I asked my chinese resource (laughs) about how it works and she wasn't sure either but apparently look i did some research and one system that they can use is don't use the the letters but only use the numbers and then they have a, a, a standardized system where a four-digit number translates to a Chinese character. So, for example, uh, the character Ni, which is you, translates to 0132, and Hao translates to 1170. So you'd have to type in, like, eight characters to say hello, which is inefficient, but yeah. it works, I guess. And she said that, actually, like, Morse code is a pretty prevalent thing in Chinese media as well, like in spy movies or, you know, nautical movies or that kind of thing. They actually do use it. And they might just do it in English, too. Like, there might be common English phrases that, like, SOS or that kind of thing that people use. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. I never really thought about how how Morse code would work in other languages. Yeah, you kind of have to have, like, like some sort of intermediary cipher or something like that in order to... Why do you think they had to have a website? I don't know why they had that that one specifically. Like, it's a pretty basic website if you go to it. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's really just like... No, I mean, not like, I mean, they did that because it's fun for readers to go to that. But like in the story, why do you think the Frontiers of Science had a website for this? Oh, I don't know that it was their website. Really? Let's see. I mean, the website was like qsl.net and then some other stuff. So I don't think it was theirs. I think it was just some reference to, to Morse code. I'm okay. guessing Lisa Shin probably just found that as like, you know, it's, Googled, Googled oh, it's, Morse code. <laughs> yeah. It's not, kindly. it's not a specific um, <clears throat> way to translate the Morse code for this message yeah. uh, coming through the, the background radiation kind of stuff. Yeah. If you just look um, at it, it's just basically like A, B, C, D, and then, you know, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, just yeah. literal translation. But they did mention in the story also there when Wang Miao was in Shen Yufei's apartment and the, her, her husband or the other guy there, I forgot if they were married or I think it was husband. Anyway, mm-hmm. he had the, the V suit on, but Wang Miao actually noticed he was going to a website called threebody.net, which didn't seem to respond, but it was interesting. I don't know who controls that, but interesting that he, he found that, that website. Jim and Dan, when you read this the first time, or Tim, I guess, when you read it this time, did you guys actually try any of these URLs or did you just 
I did. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried oh, this yeah. Morse code one. Yeah. I, I, oh, the, right now it's just. I, I didn't even think to try it. I was just like, oh, whatever. They'll explain <laughs> it to me. I, like, I don't need a multimedia experience here. I'm just trying to read a book. <laughs> At least like in American media, like, if you put a website on TV or whatever, it, there's some regulation by FCC or somebody that it has to respond has to be a real website. So if you ever yeah. see like, a, a, web, a web URL on a TV show, you should go to it. And it's usually like a marketing thing. Or a QR code, too. Those are always fun. If you see QR codes on TV shows, you take a picture of them and go to it. It's usually like some marketing website. Marketing is pretty ARG, fun. Start like the ARG for Law & Order Special Victims Unit or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to do that? Play along <laughs> with Law & Order. So one other segment I want to kind of introduce, thinking about how the story is kind of playing out and that this is going to be a TV show in the future is how is this going to be filmed? I think this episode probably itself won't be so difficult. I think as the show progresses, it gets weirder and weirder. But that said, the visual representation of how they're going to do the countdown uh, might be interesting. So I guess, like, do you guys have any thoughts of how that might be represented on film? Yeah, I, th I thought about it briefly, you know, maybe just like a lot of like first person perspectives or so shots of Kim looking at the photographs and seeing it on there. And yeah, some camera cuts to like a first person perspective to kind of show you that all oh, these numbers are floating in midair for him. And as far as other aspects of this chapter, yeah, I kind of had this chapter almost filmed out in my head as I was reading it, you know, like when he visits uh, Shen, that's such a like a common scene in sci-fi and mystery, you know, movie. I kind of had this playing out in my head as I was reading it and how this would make for a really good last 20 minutes of episode one or something like that. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit too much to fit into one episode, unless the episodes are two hours long. But this section probably is not enough for like a one hour episode. But yeah, maybe like the first yeah, two episodes the of the first six chapters. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that this would be like episode two or something like that. It would either start or end episode two. I'm not sure where the cutoff would be yeah i think usually like first person perspective is kind of too distracting to film but I, like sure. how i saw it was like mommy i was kind of walking around and like you'd have like a projection of like the numbers in front of his face as and it kind of follows his eyes but like no one could see it except for him that's kind of how i was thinking of a way to film that but i think you need really need to show how it's so persistent all the time and that it really terrorizes him by having those numbers there yeah i mean that would pretty much drive you insane you know especially if you can't close your eyes it was still there and it's like you just could never truly close your eyes what do you guys think about the v-suit <laughs> do you think that's gonna look cool on the tv show actually there's supposed to be a movie that was made in china for, for this like a couple years ago that i guess like got stuck in development hell or whatever and never was made but they did have screenshots of the v-suit and it looks like tron basically it becomes more of a thing later yeah actually now that you say that we're supposed to be in vaguely present day now right with yeah i think it's like two, two like 2000s sometime we're getting there with the VR suit, with the PS5, the, the, right? The, the, yeah, I know. Like, well, I mean, I can see yeah. the VR suit being something that will be around in 10 years from now or something like 
Well, it seemed pretty fancy yeah, for even for because like you saying you can feel like getting stabbed or super cold, that kind of thing. So I think we're a little bit far away from that. I don't know, ten years. Well, I can well, see, I can, see, I can see a fully like haptic V suit now. You yeah. Know, or at least not, yeah. not the sort of thing that would be commercially available, but somewhere in some sort of tech company's lab or something. Well, Tim is the only one who has the PlayStation Five. Oh yeah. Tim, do you think you could feel like you're getting stabbed in the fingers with the PlayStation Five? <laughs> well, not stabbed to the point where it hurt, but you can approximate the sharp thing a bit more so yeah if, oh, if okay. you turn that if you turn that controller into something that was like clinging to your body and that level of haptic feedback hmm. you can yeah. uh i could see that it'd be uh something yeah i mean Definitely i, I don't know about the, 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 uh, <laughs> well i don't know about the itchy or cold part yet i don't know how that would work but as far as like, the haptic stuff is a much like, wider more precise toolkit for simulating different stimulations feels like that suit would be really bulky if they did like that for the entire body though right like it'd be like one of those like gore-tex well, jackets I mean, if, across your whole body maybe but i mean if they could fit haptics in your skinny skinny little i imagine it'd be like kind of like the thing that they put on the x-ray vest they put on you when the dentist gives you a head x-rays or something oh the big lead apron <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're gonna make the v-set out of lead yeah. do you think v-suit stands for virtual suit <laughs> i think it does but that doesn't make sense, right? Because it's, nice. real, it's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do we have any final thoughts that we want to bring up? My just general impressions of these chapters are mysteries still piling on, but I feel like this whole thing with Wang and all is kind of maybe like cemented Wang is maybe the initial first true main character because we've shifted perspectives a couple of times. Initially assumed it was going to be uh, the UNG, but now it obviously feels like Wang is the main character at this point. Yeah, I don't think it's that much of a spoiler to say that he's basically the main character yeah. for this book. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's a lot more characters who are introduced and and different perspectives and, and that kind of thing. I don't want to give too much away. But, sure. uh, but, but Wang Liao is definitely the main character for this book. Right. There's some especially bad dialogue in some parts, but I, I don't think we need to really call that out. But I did like the part where he said, I can't anticipate all your tricks. But even with the sun, perhaps your despicable illusionist can still somehow make the deception seem real. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was pretty good. Well, that has been more Rehydrate. Catch you next time.